Hi, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to the another episode of Everything Design Show. Um, today I have uh, Brenda Kang, and she is the owner of Revival Jewels, and she has had more than twenty years of experience in the jewelry field. Uh, previously, she was working with Christie's Auction House, based in New York, Europe, and Shanghai, and she opened Revival Jewels in two thousand thirteen. Uh, so her work and her her business and herself has been featured in many many different magazines over the years. Um, you know, including New York Times Style Magazine, Female, Harper's Bazaar, Wild Jewelry. If you go onto the website, you can see a lot more of her work. So let's say hi to Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, Nicholas. Hi, yeah. everyone. Uh, hi, hi. Yes, yes. So um, can you just maybe you know um give us a little bit of a summary uh, or just a quick introduction. Uh, what is Revival Jewels? You know, um, just for people who have no idea what it is or what Revival Jewels is about. Sure. Um, so I started Revival uh, really as uh, from from this love of have of vintage jewelry. And when I when I um, left Christie's, uh, I noticed that there basically there wasn't anyone in Asia um, uh, who was doing it. Um, you know, just specifically vintage jewelry, like a dedicate a store dedicated to to selling vintage pieces, um, and so um, I started it really um, from a personal love of it, and uh, and so um, we're the only one so far in Singapore that that is dedicated to to sourcing and and selling pieces which are are a little bit more um, collectible, um, curated, and. Um, uh, and also wearable. So, so I think essentially, um, the the shop offers um, collectors a, a chance to see pieces that you don't often get a chance to to handle and look at um, in Singapore, but but also in in a lot around Southeast Asia or, or Asia, in fact. Yeah. yeah. So with with um, Revival Jewels, you have a store a storefront uh, in Wheelock, right? Mm. Um, so yes. if anybody would like to go to the store uh, on level four, you have to make an appointment, uh, and of course, uh, yes. we'll do that after the circuit breaker, <laughs> uh, and yes. you know you can go out and do your shopping. Uh, but for now, you can definitely look at the website, which I'll post the links in the descriptions of the podcast, and of course on the video as well. Um, but I guess. Mm-hmm. You you know, jewelry is something that um, I think a lot of people own some form of jewelry, right? Uh, like I saw, there were mm. you know, watches, there were brooches, um, yes. you know, necklaces, uh, and different types of jewelry. So I think most people own mm. jewelry. But um, you know, how how do you get into a career of you know, um, you know, of, of of into the world of jewelry, of buying and selling jewelry? Um, how does that journey like that start? Mm. Um, so I uh, used to work in the airlines and through my travels, I found myself 
being exposed to pieces um, that you don't have a chance to see in Singapore growing up. So I think mm. if you think about growing up in the 70s or 80s in Singapore, maybe you know you would you'd be you'd know about goldsmiths, mm. uh, chain stores like maybe you know uh, Onchong or, or some other sort of local stores, and maybe at most you have you can see some Cartier or. Um, the bigger brands but you know going to if you go to London for example or, or uh, New York you will you'll see that there's actually a, a lot more um, variety in terms of um, vintage pieces uh, a lot more mainstream there's it's a lot more mainstream uh, in, in Europe and US so it really opened my eyes and and especially you know going to all the uh, the museums as well that that sort of really piqued my interest and so when I um, uh, left the airlines, I, I took a course on gemology at GIA, mm-hmm. Gemological Institute of America, to to be a gemologist. Um, and then from there, it was uh, it was just pure luck that um, after about a year or so in in local retail store, I managed to get a, a position as a trainee specialist or junior specialist um, based out of New York City. Mm. So I went over um, in 1997 and um, and it was it was really, uh, uh, you know, the best place to get started to to learn. It's like thrown into the deep end, basically, Mm. because you you are seeing and appraising jewelry. Um, on a day-to-day basis you might see around a hundred over pieces just coming through wow. and um, uh, of course as a trainee I, I worked a lot with uh, more senior specialists as mm. I started it was really more to support them um, and then learning on the job to to meet clients um, do appraisals we, we had to meet lawyers as well dealing with mm. estates um, and so you you get it because you know, New York City was really the hub for America and even South America. People were sending us pieces all the time, mm. and um, and so it was a really good learning ground to to be exposed to everything from from big gemstones like hundred carat diamonds to you know Art Deco nineteen twenties pieces or Art Nouveau. It's it was it really ran the gamut uh, in New York City. So it was it was the best uh, uh, place for me to learn and and be exposed and to touch and handle all these pieces. Yeah. So that's really my, my, my journey. And, and then when I, um, uh, when I uh, had the opportunity to, to move from New York to, to Paris um, for, for, uh, for personal reasons, I basically then you know, was exposed to even more to different markets. So mm. got a chance to see the, the, the European market and how that was different from the U.S., uh, um, and then from Europe, I, I I moved to China as well. So it was um, it was a really good. Uh, I was very fortunate to be able to to have that exposure to to the jewelry world in in all of these places where Christie's had offices. Mm. Um, and and then um, so when I finally moved back to Singapore and came back to see that the market here. It was non-existent, and I think because not not many people were exposed to it, and it, it and so you know the initial feeling for for vintage when I first started, many people were saying, "Oh, you'll never make it. You should really be selling in Hong Kong or mm. you know or somewhere where um, jewelry was is worn a lot more, mm. and, and people have a greater appreciation for it." So, um, but I decided, you know, I had nothing 
too much to lose mm. than that, that I felt quite strongly about it. So I, I decided to start in Singapore anyway. Um, and um, yeah, and so, so you know, I, I left Christie's mainly because I, I coming back to Singapore, the things that I was seeing um, around Asia was was mostly contemporary pieces. And um, and I just had a gut feeling about um, about how the vintage market would change. And, mm. and yeah, and so I'm really glad I did it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you mentioned about how um, there was a, uh, I guess, a perception that, you know, in Singapore, there, would, there wouldn't be that many, um, you w- wouldn't be able to make it, right? There were a lot of people mm. who, you know, had that um, apprehension at first. Um, yes. But, 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 but what was the sensing at the, at the start in 2013, you know, with the business? You know, what was the, the what mm. was, how would you describe your main clientele? Uh, who were the right. clients? What did they buy, you know, um, in, yeah. In, yeah, in yeah. general? Hmm. So, um, so I, I I was very again fortunate to have clients to, who were very supportive when I first started, um, and and so that helped a lot. It was not a a big group, but but um, I would you know try to source for things that they might like, hmm. um, and um, and so you know we would the the clients that that did come um, to buy from me were 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 clients that I had. Uh, already sort of established a, a strong relationship with, uh, and then slowly they they told their friends and and usually mm. sort of like minded people gather together. So it's it's it it built up, you know, very slowly. I would say it was not a, a very uh, the first two two years um, uh, was challenging and mm. and sometimes a little bit worrying. But you know we 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 managed to to make a profit. Mm. Uh, uh, in our second year, oh, uh, not a big one, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but but uh, but I I mean in the sense that I feel the 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 the, the interest was was there, and it just mm. needed time for people to to understand it and to to be exposed to it, to to have a chance to see it and handle it and and try it on, and then and then the perception. Um, changes it, definitely there are a lot of people who came like oh this is second hand who's worn it you know mm. what kind of superstition comes with it and <sighs> um and you know did they have a good life or or you know how did they die that sort of ah, question okay. I, I hear a lot yeah. and and so um so yeah and and usually when someone comes and and, and asks those questions I, I normally say well if if you're a bit more of the superstitious type then mm. then Maybe this is not for you because mm. you you should really really be buying these pieces with, you know, a uh, um with a happy heart and mm. and that it, that you would enjoy them and not worry all the time about oh no who's owned it and and, and um etc. Um and so but I one of the things which I learned uh, was a really good lesson about the business is that you can't stay you just can't think um locally and mm. um i think i re- my business really changed when i took myself like just took it upon myself to to get out there and do trunk shows in uh in mm. hong kong um in taiwan um and you know just just trying my luck to to put up uh, just a small gathering of people and then sort of work gets around and mm. um and build on those relationships and i think that really helped me a, a great deal yeah. So I mean mm-hmm. the I mean just based on what what you're describing, I mean I would imagine that your 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 market is definitely definitely not mass market. We're not you know, we're not gonna see these pieces mm-hmm. everywhere. 
um, mm. the clientele as well as your target audience also would would be, um, you know, some would say maybe a bit more atas or a, a higher social <laughs> status. Um, um, but 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 mm. then how 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 is it different? How would you say it's a little bit different in terms of, um, you know, mm. I I think you mentioned about how how you you were able to grow that that clientele through friends, um, but mm. do you think that there are any techniques that you've you've learned or tips that you've learned over the years to say that hey, when I'm trying to sell something to a target audience that's of a slightly higher social status as compared to mm. mass market, all right, um um uh, mass market um um general for, for 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 the general public you know is are there any differences when you when you think about it or or do you think mm. actually it's quite similar in that sense oh yeah definitely big difference and and i think that we're we're we we try to be quite democratic i mean we don't we don't we have a lot of it may seem on the on the get-go that the things that we have is all like very atas and and mm. more high-end but yeah. we do have a selection of things which are uh, which are affordable, you know. Mm. I mean, if you can go and buy a handbag from whatever brand, you know, uh, if you if you have uh, that sort of money set aside, um, then definitely there's jewelry that we have that that you could afford that's different, and mm. it, it's just a matter of um, you know perception sometimes. And so we try. It's actually a very difficult. Uh, it is difficult to 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 try and balance between the two, like being able to to have things um, that will appeal to, um, uh, uh, I wouldn't say mass, but um, mm. to a, a wider audience um, and versus, of course, some things which are definitely for for uh, a different a different group of people who have a who have a much higher spending power. So we mm. we try to do we try to have both because mm. I feel that it's important to sort of grow that that. Um, the, the the wider audience as mm. well to eventually one day hopefully you know get to a point where they might be able to afford something mm. that is um, um, uh, sort of of a different price level mm. a higher price level yeah, um, but I feel with vintage actually there's there's definitely um, you know a lot of savings in fact if you if you if you compare um, prices with with sometimes what you might have to pay for at retail mm. um, buying vintage you know, it's still it's still a, a collecting category in which I feel is a little undervalued. Mm. And oh, if you okay. make a comparison, yeah, like if you compare um, um, sometimes a, a piece which is by a brand name, uh, uh, depending on what it is, of course. I mean, but mm. generally speaking, um, you know, the the quality in terms of the workmanship, uh, mm. the quality in terms of the design. Uh, the and sometimes even the materials used, you will see that that um, that there is great value in terms of vintage pieces that you can find out there. It's just a matter of having the right uh, the eye to mm. to to look at what's worth buying and yeah. and knowing sort of market prices. I know you collect watches as well, right? Yeah, so yeah, I, just I, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's sometimes you you know you find that there is value in in uh, collecting things which have a great aesthetic appeal mm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that um, just because it was secondhand it's not good but mm. it's just and it could be even more rare and um, but um, so yeah I, I, I feel that there is still potential for growth in terms of vintage mm. and I think with a lot of people also feeling um, you know with uh, sustainability mm. 
there's there's definitely a lot out there that can be um uh you know that in a way recycled uh, mm. but you know this the, the things that i try to bring in you know i put on my my old specialist hat in a way mm. and i i think about what is what are the pieces that will be um good in terms of resale so you know you mm. if you if you were to buy something at what value you know the the kind of designs that that are uh, timeless, uh, yet still very trendy and wearable mm. today. So all of those factors come in together, and and so I think it's it's it isn't easy to 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 satisfy every cat every category of buyer. But mm. um, but I think the great thing about dealing with vintage is that you can you can try to to have a, a different selection uh, in the boutique that can be appealing to. To different groups and um and so you know and yet still hopefully have an identity um for the brand of course of course yeah for i mean the brand. Yeah. yeah because i mean the, the pieces that that I, I i saw you know some didn't have any brands um but you know they mm. were very detailed still very beautiful and i think when you mentioned about the watches that i've also started to collect and and and, and, and the watches that i i've been mm. starting to look at also um, it's a whole it's a whole world that you need to understand, right? It is you know if I, yeah. you buy a Rolex, for example, or you buy a Tudor, um, there's mm. so many there's 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 a chance that you might buy a fake one, you buy a second hand yes. one, you buy a brand new one. Yes. Then the market mm. prices are, are fluctuating differently depending on you know the season or the popularity of a particular piece. So there's so mm. many different factors that 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 um that impacts that. That purchase for somebody, right? Whether they buy mm. a uh, an eighteen thousand dollar green uh, Rolex or they buy a very similar mm. functionality, um, you know, similar quality in terms of the materials, in terms of the steel, in terms of the glass, um, mm. but the brand is not there, or the heritage may not be there with a with a with a different a Seiko, right? Which is a yes. maybe a thousand dollars. So you, so so it, which is about you know five percent of the you know the five percent of the price that you have you know in that sense. Yes. Um, so 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 I mean mm. I think the brand plays a part quite a big part for the absolutely the yeah. the, the the watch world, right? Mm. Does it play? A, a huge part or, or as big as a as, as a as a part in 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 in, in terms of the jewelry yes. world as well yeah absolutely absolutely so uh when it comes to to buying jewelry having a brand can increase the value of a piece you know mm. around three times to wow. maybe five times sometimes even more um so i i i, I definitely uh would say you know that that's one one way in which you would um you know you you would say that 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 having the brand name definitely adds a certain um uh higher value and collectability but mm. it doesn't mean that something that isn't signed isn't just as good to collect and mm. and isn't just as is is in poorer uh is poorer in comparison mm. so um so yeah and i i think i try to to have both so that the clients who are maybe looking for things which are a little bit more affordable, but yet still um, has an intrinsic set, intrinsic value and a, and a great sense of design, mm. um, that can be a little bit more um, for the mass market and and yet being a little bit more unique and different. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. Which is which is a very interesting. I mean, um, it's it's a very interesting discussion because. Um, I think mm. when when it comes to design or products, even 
um, there's always mm. this discussion of value, right? Where where do we place mm. our value? And one person may see, one of your clients may sort of see the value in the workmanship, um, the level of mm. bespokeness, how unique the piece is. Um, and mm. other clients may see that value in terms of that brand, right? So um, yeah. there needs to be a little bit of diversity in terms of the, 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 the items or the jewelry you're selling as well. Or some people, is maybe it's also mm. about... Um, how how old the item is maybe you know to them it's oh I want to own something yes. that's a hundred years old or two hundred years yes. old um, you know so so yeah I, I think that's mm. that's definitely um, uh, something that, that that plays a part right um, but but with mm. with with that in mind I mean with that with this idea of value right do you think that mm. in Asia um, we you know we hold more we we place more value on certain aspects as compared to um to you know the the yes. the, the Europeans you know and if, if there is and what what, what where do you see that change where do you see that 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 um that value being placed in you know in terms of the yeah. market hmm. yeah absolutely I think I think that um when you're you know when we're selling in in the US or Europe um. Most clients, I would say 99% of them will not ask, will this go up in price? Like how uh, much can I get in 10 years? And, and you know, um, uh, w- you know, what's the per carat price for <laughs> this item? You know, they don't, they don't mm. ask these things. And they, mm. uh, in Europe and the US, they, they really do mostly buy for pleasure and, and mm. for gifting or, um, um, you know, for sentimental reasons, even so. But in Asia, definitely the value is placed um, on uh, almost, you know, often buying in the in sort of like just diversifying their portfolio, but yet looking good at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so you you do have most uh, Asian buyers um, thinking about um, the value behind. Mm-hmm you know, collecting or buying a piece of jewelry and and um and so the the mindset is very different. Mm. Um I, I, I find for the most part. Of course there are exceptions, but yeah, yeah. for the most part, yeah. 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 Um <laughs> so they'll they'll place value on, for example, um, you know, like I the things which are the thing which I, I, I sell well or like for someone who's starting to collect um mm. you know they they would understand perhaps uh, someone who who has already bought jewelry maybe from a local jeweler and they might they mm. might be able to compare oh okay this has x amount of diamonds so 10 carats of diamonds and what kind of color and clarity um and then what you know how much gold is there all added up together so that they get a sort of like a a rough idea in terms of price value if if, yeah. if you were to go and make something like that today and i think that uh that kind of train of thought is very common in in asia uh for someone especially someone who's just starting to collect right mm. so um yeah and and in that sense sometimes vintage can be quite attractive because if you were to break it all down mm. um you know it, it it can be much more attractive in pricing than buying something that is brand new i see i see so let's say if like i, mm. I if let's say i had um, let's say a budget of ten thousand dollars, right? For example, mm, and I yeah. could come in and buy a piece from you um, that that has a potential for highly uh, higher mark, uh, mark sort of market value in the long run, maybe as compared to let's say if I go to a 
Poheng or uh, 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 Li Hua or, or one of our main or one of our popular local brands that like a lot of um, uh, uh, Singaporeans do go to like, because of and, and that may be an option uh, if we're looking at something that's long term as a sort of an investment term, in, I mean perhaps per, perhaps, yeah. la, perhaps la, you know um, perhaps and yeah. I, I would say it's it's Put it this way, because most of at least, and this is all of course very general, because there's also a lot of different kinds of vintage out there. There are a lot that mm. are very mass-produced vintage, even in the Victorian area era. Mm. The Victorian era, there was this industrial revolution, and a lot of jewelry was mass-produced as well. So, but the kind of things that we try to bring in tend to be one of a kind, mm. and um, and uh, and pieces which are a bit more unique that you may not find everywhere and it's it's not usually mass produced jewelry mm. um and and where like a lot of it was made and and that in itself is already um you know a good good way to think about when you think about collecting that it's it's not it's like limited edition or one mm. of a kind uh, and where the workmanship perhaps is very hard to reproduce again today to that kind of level maybe they can reproduce it but not to the same finesse. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, so definitely, uh, you know, there is, um, if you, if you know how to look and you, and you, you spend enough time to learn and to understand, Mm. um, in terms of, you know, what you pick and, and, and what you want to put your money into, Mm. um, definitely there's, there's a lot out there that is, there's good value that you can find. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, uh, is a, is a, I mean, from a, purely investment um, uh, perspective, right? They, 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 people are always all mm-hmm. talking about how oh, you invest in, um, you know, property or stocks or other <laughs> things. Um, but but there are, but the, the idea of the, the discussion of, you know, or buying into gold or, 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 mm. or jewelry, it, it does come up sometimes. And um, I think it's very unique that, you know, in Europe or in the States, you know, this whole idea of, you know, mm-hmm. gifting or buying for purely for the idea of pleasure, um, it's a very different mm. mindset to how the, the Asian community sort of think in that sense, yes. you know, it's to say like, oh, yes. I buy something, um, not just, I cannot purely buy something for pleasure and, you know, um, you know, it has to be f- for pleasure uh, it has good to be, value. Yeah, but yeah, good value in that sense, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and it's quite, and, and I think it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult um, sort of um, thing to try and um, get get our heads around in a sense because it, it, mm. as a as a person who is trying to sell things or trying to figure out what what the market might be interested in buying, um, mm. there is there is so many things to to consider when I'm thinking when I would imagine when you're Absolutely. thinking about what pieces should I be yes. bringing in. It's not just about how beautiful a piece is because beauty is also mm. something that's quite subjective in that sense or how, how amount of details mm. or the made of gold mm-hmm. then you have to think about mm. also uh, you know is there any potential resale value or you know will it, will it hold yes. its value in that sense right so yeah. quite interesting yeah. to see to, to hear about how how, how this this um, yeah you know this, these different yeah. elements about yeah come in I, yeah. I would I would actually um always tell my clients and whenever I, I, I get asked about this I, I say actually don't think of jewelry as an investment because mm. um, you know it, a lot of it also depends on on when you buy it yeah. how much you paid for it and when you go when you plan to sell it right mm. and, and do you have a platform to sell it in because 
Um, you know, I could say all these things about great value and all that, but you know, when it comes down to it, it, it also is um, uh, um, important to to keep all of those things in mind. So, mm-hmm. so when when you buy something without thinking about just pure investment, is when you buy something because for for the love of it and how much you you appreciate the the work that goes into it and and the the design of it or that you get a lot of pleasure from mm. from wearing it and then to pass it down to future generations or to create mm. your own stories for that particular piece of jewelry or to to mark a milestone for example even like i mm. think those are the things that really sort of add value even more value to 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 buying something and then the plus point of course is it's it is a fact that most of the things that you know a lot of things can hold its value well and and will be um uh something if you if you choose wisely and and uh, and and sell at the right time mm. you, you know it's, it, it can be it can be great for you as well but mm. first and foremost it it should be all of the other things which i which i mentioned that it you know that it's that brings you pleasure and mm. that that you create your stories and your own provenance that comes with it that really does have a much bigger impact i think in the long run yeah i mean actually this i mean the, what the point that you just made i think it's 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 driving home um multiple layers in within that message right i mean number one mm. you're sort of talking about um appreciating and putting time into thinking about a purchase and not rushing mm. into that purchase and you know yes. you know thinking about the emotional uh, connection you have with that purchase appreciating it appreciating mm. it for um its beauty uh, its workmanship mm. all these kinds of things and 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 it when you when you spoke about that i i'm i'm thinking about how you know from a very um consumer consumeristic sort of uh, mm. Um, landscape you know in the world now yeah. you know where oh let's yeah. you know buy and consume as many things as possible like you realize that oh my mm. house is filled with junk i mean you can see behind <laughs> yeah. me uh you know if yeah. you know in my bookshelf like there is a lot of junk that i buy um and i think i'm i personally am trying to start to mm. go down that path where you know i don't need to purchase everything but if i can purchase mm. one or two items that hold very sort of strong um, mm. connections for me or meaning for me or, yes. or there's a, a strong sense of beauty I think yes. that's where as a as a as a society we it, it's actually worth going down because I, I, absolutely I, yeah I don't think people it's not that people can't afford like for example let's say a 5,000 if you're a, 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 a middle mm. class family um, you know a $5,000 mm. piece may sound very expensive it does sound very expensive or $10,000 piece does sound very expensive but if we think about mm. it, oh, it uh, is it about uh, if, if, if if I'm a bit more not say prudent but a bit more conscious in my other purchases like you know am I buying a, mm. a $30 or $40 meal when I could have a, a $5 meal am I constantly having mm. um, buying random you know pieces of equipment for the house which I don't really need you know and, and yeah. those ten dollars twenty dollars forty dollars thirty dollars it 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 grows you know and it, it contributes mm. to that 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 big um you know and if you realize that if you cut all of this out actually to get to that five thousand dollars or even that few thousand dollars it's not mm. that difficult so i i i do True. agree in what what you're saying where where when we mm. when we buy items you know i think the conversation of vintage or buying uh pre-owned mm. there is an underlying 
there is an underlying message behind that I feel um, yeah and you know there are the stories behind these pieces who own the pieces mm. um, and also mm. there may be you you build your own stories as well right for example let's say if, yes. you know with my first paycheck um, I yeah. bought a watch you know um, or mm. you know it, uh, it could be a, a gift from um, you know like you know for for, for, for my wife or, or my son mm. or you know my mom yeah. Um, and yeah I think these stories are, are worth holding on to um, yes. you know and I think that's something that's, that's, that's very very you know I think this is a very uh, you know important uh, thing when we're mm. talking about purchasing and as well as, as the value of design I feel as well mm. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah those are all the things that I I, I agree with 100% yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> I mean, as a, I mean, the would you feel? I mean, you you've you've had this business going for about a good mm. seven years, almost seven years or seven years or so, mm. right? Um, mm. do you think that your 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 the 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 type of clients that you you were getting, do you see that mm. as 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 changing as well? Do you think like you mm. know, um, based on our discussion that we have, you know, do you find your clients are, um, you know, um, uh, changing in terms of maybe it's the perception that they have or the perception on 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 jewelry or you know is it mm. uh, uh you know maybe an age group or things like that do you do you see that your 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 clientele or the market that you're you've been engaging with has changed over the years yeah i i i think that um uh definitely a, a change in it, two different ways i would okay. say yeah. um uh one is that is, is a group of people who, who may have only been buying uh, modern contemporary jewellery or mm. gemstones, for example, people who, who would perhaps in the past only collect gemstones for value. For mm. example, they might, might buy a big diamond or, or they might only buy like sapphires. We are slowly beginning to see the beauty or the, 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 the joy, you know, a, a piece of beautifully made vintage can give you in the sense that, you know, if let's say you, you think about um, buying a, a Van Cleef or, or a Cartier that's that's um, from the 1950s and it's mm. something that you can still wear today because it's in yellow gold and just simple but yet very classic and strong designs that, you know, change an outfit altogether. Mm. I, I'm seeing that change. I'm seeing mm. someone who may not have considered buying, uh, uh, you know, gold jewellery in the past, because you know, uh, for whatever reasons, they they didn't feel that there was value in it. They're starting to see that actually um, there is value. Um, prices have been very strong and been going up in the market. Mm. And the, at the same time, um, it's pieces that they can wear every day. So they mm. they you know they they feel like it's not stuff that like a big diamond you have to sort of put in the safe and you only mm. take out on special occasions. So that's one group. And then the other group that I'm seeing is the young sort of millennials and the, I don't even know it's gen whatever now, but they are maybe looking. Zillennials, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quite getting married yet, but, but yeah. you know, yeah, younger than, but the, but the, you know, the, the, the look, looking for a, an engagement ring that is sustainable, mm. um, you know, looking for wedding jewelry that is uh, more unique and, and mm. uh, again, you know, that is, um, um, that would be different from what everyone else is wearing in terms of an engagement ring. Maybe all their friends will, will think about like getting a Tiffany engagement ring mm. or, or just getting a diamond from a, a jeweler and then, you know, creating their own things. There's, there's a, this other group that has started to, 
feel they would love to have something that has a story behind it and yeah. and a more unique design um, that could be one of a kind. So yeah, we're 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 seeing that change for sure. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I think I think mm. I mean from a sustainability perspective, that we are seeing. I mean, I'm seeing quite a few groups, you know, starting to become more sustainable within the creative field as well. Whether it's the mm. materials that they use, or whether it's um, you know the messages that they're trying to sort of send across with their works. Um, there's, there's there's also quite a lot of uh, people who are, um, you know, doing their own, um, you know, using their own sort of sustainable materials. You know, when they're, you know, or mm. even buying buying food with their own, you know, containers. So so we can start to see. I think from a uh, from a market wise, yes. we can start to see that. Uh, you know, and and I think when they do mm. make these life decisions, right or to, oh, I need to get married or, you know, uh, I need to propose to my wife, my, my fiancé, in mm. a sense, to my girlfriend. Um, and, yeah. and I need to buy these big ticket items. And I think it ties really nicely and ties really well to, to the, 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 the the message that we, we, we were thinking about, we were discussing about just now with, with this whole idea mm. of, you know, building those stories, building about sustainability. And I think that as a, as a, as a, as a society, we are starting to see um, a greater push for some of these values as well and these messages as well so which is which is really good so as a business owner um you know now that you are you know you're you're stuck at home you know i'm sure you you still can um run aspects of your business um but but Mm. how how are you how are you finding um you know how are you finding um um you know the 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 market now you know being in 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 the in the circuit breaker with covid um how are you sort of finding opportunities to get more clients or get you know find more uh, opportunities for your business um you know are you are you looking at new new alternatives or um you know are you looking mm. at new channels as well um so i think well, what we're trying to do is to be a little bit more uh, active in on social media, mm. um, and but at the same time being very careful um, on social media or, or you know on a, on these platforms not to be too commercial. Mm. So um, we're really sort of trying to step up our game in terms of what we're posting in and trying to make it a little bit more informative, educational. Um, entertaining Mm. uh so that it doesn't come across as uh as if we're we're just trying to sell jewelry during Mm. this time so um so basically being a bit more sensitive to that and and um and so i would say content um on and social media is is really important i think we've had quite a few good good sales that have come through through instagram for example Mm. which was very surprising for 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 me but um but uh, I think that's the new reality of business these days, and mm. and especially so for for jewelry. Um, but I I I think that's one one way, which is social media, and then reaching out to clients through newsletters. And um, so a lot of what I do in terms of uh, trying to to close sales and do sales is really through like uh, WhatsApp and WeChat. It's mm. very personal, and and I think. Um, the jewelry business, especially, um, it's it's a very relationship-based business. I haven't quite mm-hmm. figured out yet how to um, how to to uh, uh, do it sort of just purely online. In, in other words, like online sales, mm-hmm. uh, we don't we don't 
um, we do have prices on there. Um, so someone could actually just email us and say, okay, we're, we're interested in this. We don't have a lot of that. We, mm. we occasionally have clients who find us through Google. Mm. Um, but uh, um, somehow with the website itself, it, 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 online sales on websites, it's not as... Um, I think clients still still want people who buy still want to have that interaction mm. um, and and to speak to me and to know more about the pieces and so uh, so in terms of what we're doing we're, we're really just um, uh, thinking more in terms of Instagram and then and then reaching out to clients directly making sure they're okay and we are you know um, uh, just. Well, we're also now thinking, for example, you know, sending little uh, jewelry care kits to, to ah, some clients. Okay. And, um, and then uh, we're also planning events. So we are, mm. we're, I, I'm part of the Diamond Exchange of Singapore. We're, we're thinking about doing an event uh, in association with the opening of the Asian Civilizations Museum Jewelry Gallery. Wow, okay. Um, and so we're, we're keeping busy with that. And we want to be ready once... Um, circuit breaker is over and we can do small group events still not going to be a big event it's mm. like very targeted small groups that will be led through with one meet with social distancing in mind and everything but um to do an to do an exhibition that is again a bit more educational talking about um you know the different cuts of diamonds and jewelry through the pe different periods and also supporting some younger jewelry designers in singapore mm. so we're we're um planning these events um in addition to to thinking about sort of uh, our posts and social media, so that's keeping us a little bit um, busy as well. So um, yeah, and we're we're also thinking about collaborations. Where mm. we haven't found one yet, but but definitely would love to collaborate more and uh, with you know whether it's with um, uh, online media or maybe with a fashion company. Uh, those are the few things that we've been thinking about to. Um, um, to, to do something different from what we normally do because on a day-to-day -day basis um, Revival is a very small team basically it's myself and and I have one uh, office manager mm -hmm. who does most of the back office work so because we're such a small team it really does limit um, you know the amount of time that I can spend on things and and, um, and the amount of things that I can do so mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah I mean that, that, that yeah. sounds I mean, as as we're all into the the circuit breaker now, I think, um, you know, I think the 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 strategy that you've you've taken, I think a lot of businesses are also very doing very similar strategies where they've they've gone mm. they've moved moved digitally and they've used social media, you know. So I've seen a lot of um restaurants or hawkers that you know used to be selling maybe their their you know um their noodles mm. or their dumplings online. I mean, uh, on the store, yeah. but now they pre-pack it they put it in a different mm. way they they rather than sell it cooked they sell their their, their dumplings frozen and they ship it yeah. over or they do delivery so so i think um it's it's caused quite a a, 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 a disruption definitely but i think it's brought mm. about that disruption um within these different industries and i think for for you yourself you know um it's not just about selling the the jury up front but it's also about creating um uh, educating the public about 
the types of jewelry. So I, when I read read about some of the posts, you were talking about, um, you uh. know, the 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 auctions. You were also talking about the types of jewelry that was there. Um, you were talking about, um, I think about the the particular, uh, brands or the heritage of some of the pe- uh, the types of pieces. Um, uh. you know, so so you're building that kind of um knowledge within that that the industry to educate people a little bit more uh, and in mm. your your tactics your 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 techniques in terms of you know looking for different points of collaboration uh, with other mm. businesses i think that's something that we we are definitely um, starting to mm. see and i think it's one it's a it's a it's a positive within um, a, a fairly um, a, a very serious um, a time that we're, we're living in now but I, I feel that this is actually yes. a positive and 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 I think yeah, if absolutely. I think yeah and I think post post COVID you know these businesses can still sell their things online you know they will still mm. maintain their 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 original customers that were going to them pre um, you know pre pre COVID but now they would have new customers mm. like me who's like hey I wouldn't mind buying dumplings from you mm. um, 48 pieces mm. at you know at, at, at $20 you know or I wouldn't mind buying mm. your frozen food or some of your items mm. that you previously were selling um, and, and you know I feel that that helps to diversify what, what they they were originally doing in the start so I think a lot of businesses mm. now um, and I think not just you know traditional businesses brick and mortar um, but I think design design businesses you know um, you know uh, services as well we all need to start yeah. thinking about how we can um, you know create more knowledge within the the, the, the our fields and I think uh, yeah. I also see a lot of design companies also doing that right like uh, there's a design studio that's sort of doing their own um, shows or talking or writing different articles about or uh, their field of design um, uh. and I think yeah I think as a as a, as a whole um, you know it, it's a very good you know, path to take, you know, to, to, to be able to move, not just move digital for the sake of moving digital or just to sell the items mm. purely as, as like a menu, um, but mm. to build that knowledge to educate people um, as yeah. well as to, I think, have that conversation going, right? I mean, I think, yes. you know, even from, from, from today, hopefully we, we can get that conversation going to say that hey, actually within design, within jewellery, um, it's not that you can't buy mass market items. Mass market items have their value, but, you know, Think about the alternative as well, which is you know a little maybe a little bit more sustainable. Um, you uh. know, you there are pieces that are a bit more unique. You know, so maybe come to uh. you know revival and 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 for for um, for those for those for those uh, qualities and those values, right? So I think that's, that's yeah. something that, that we're also, um, you know, we, we also want to be able to do with, um, you know, having more podcasts and more conversations with more people. Yes. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, whoever's yeah, listening, sure. yeah, if, if they would like to have a conversation to sort of talk about um, how things have changed or, or to just educate the general public about some of these new um uh or, or not saying new but these these different fields um yeah please yep. uh, drop uh. me a message and 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 let me know um so i guess you know that uh. that that's that sounds um like we we spoke about yeah. quite a lot of different things you know um we I have, like to yeah. um thank brenda for her time thank uh, you for having yeah. me no no thank you for, I think for it's sharing great. with us yeah i i love your podcast i think i think it's so important to to highlight that for you know that to to think about design at, at the forefront and that it's important for for people who are you know coming out and 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 um and you know trying to find jobs as well i feel like it's this is all uh, a great opportunity a great time for for all for 
designers to come out and and help um, you know small medium companies like myself also to 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 think differently uh, and to up their game in a way to to really sort of uh, revamp and and do better. Yeah, I mean, I think you were you were also mentioning, um, you know, in a chat we had, uh, um, through WhatsApp, you know, so talking about how when you started, um, rather than going to your bigger agencies to get all the design work, you know, you were hiring a lot, of, you were hiring a lot of freelancers for the logos, the website. I think, um, you know, your your printers, uh, architecture, um, the shop space. So. Um, mm. I think this really sort of within times like these also, you know, um, when people are a bit more cautious with money, of course, we still have to pay out designers, right? But, you know, mm, when you're yes. thinking about, about rather than paying, um, you know, a lot of money, tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, an organization or a company to, 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 to help you do your work, you know, I think designers mm. can, uh, freelancers can help you solve those problems at a, at a, at a cheaper rate, yes. but, but still mm. get the job done, you know, um, and, mm. um, and and I think that that's 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 you know in in times like these we need to really promote you know the the designers that are out there, um, and also yes. try and spur designers to um, be a little bit more um, adventurous, you know, uh, entrepreneurial mm. in that sense to say that oh maybe yes. I need to start coming out um, and yes. you know build my own uh, platform, you know show my work because mm. I think a lot of I I think a, a lot of my, my my even when I was looking at a lot of my students works um, I was yes. very surprised you know when you know to see the works mm. that they could do uh, on social media and the one the things that they, they have, they've been posting so I really think that you know mm. using these digital platforms that we've had um, to showcase the works to grow and you you never know you you you, you send your work very out to important. yeah to a hundred mm. people um, you mm. can get one or two clients right so I, and 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 yeah. you know, we don't need mass market to sort of um, you know uh, reach out to a million people and you know get you know ten cents worth of every every person that I reach but you know I think getting mm. one or two clients that is good for that 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 can, can kickstart your your journey I think that's a good. Uh, perspective as well absolutely mm. yeah and and networking is very important so yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like there's all of all of that and then you know uh, develop good networks and that i think is also is also quite vital to 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 being being known and um yeah and and for you to 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 be successful i think so yeah Definitely, for definitely. Sure. Yeah. Well, all right. Thank you very much for your time, <laughs> Brenda. Thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you. As you well. know, thank you everybody the- for listening. Um, and um, yeah, thank you for 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 uh, you know, uh, listening to us. And yeah, for any if you're interested in anything uh that we've been discussing today about revival jewels, I will um I will put the links in the descriptions. And you feel please feel free to contact Brenda if you have any inquiries and maybe you're looking for your new engagement ring or your new wedding <laughs> ring or your new jewelry that you may want to give to your loved ones yes um, so yeah thank you very much for your time thank and, you uh, we'll see you around thank you say bye thank you thank you Nick thanks bye. for having me bye